1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Doctors of Running podcast. It is episode number 119. I am Nathan Brown, your host. I have with me Dr. Matthew Klein and Dr. David Salas. Full disclosure, we're recording this on the same night that we recorded episode 118, which was our first part talking about our favorite shoes and the best shoes from this year in different categories. Tonight is part two. So, in part one, part one, not part run. In part one, we covered daily trainers, max cushion trainers, ne- uh, stable neutral shoes, stability shoes, and trail. And we also talked about some of the sustainability efforts going on in the running industry. Tonight, we are talking more about speed. So we're going to be talking about our performance trainer, short distance racer, long distance racer, and then talking about some brands that we thought did well and some maybe some disappointing shoes and some trends that we've seen and what we might be seeing next year. So it should be a fun night. We always want to hear from you, so I'll probably say this a couple times throughout the episode now and at the end, but let us know what your picks are for some of these categories that we go through tonight. We want to know what you think we missed, what you think we could be considering, but again, we tested this year, we tested 100, we've not just tested, but we reviewed 140 shoes, which means that we brought them through our protocol for testing, which I explained in the previous episode a little bit, Um, and then we also have ran as a team over 16,000 miles, which is a lot of fun to just add up all of those numbers and see where we are at. So we've tried to put a lot of work into creating content that is educational for everybody in some way, shape or form. But y'all are a huge part of this conversation. And that's because we don't believe there is a best shoe for everyone. But we think that there is the right shoe for the right person and that shoes are tools. So when we pick our favorite shoes, yes, it has to do with our own preferences, but it also has to do with what we think works for different patient populations that we see clinically. So let's, let's just jump right in and start talking about our favorite performance trainers. So the performance trainer is the shoe that you think about, I'm going to go out for a workout today, I'm going to go out for a tempo effort today, I'm going to go out for a fart lick. I'm going to go do some repeats. What shoe am I going to grab that's going to be the most enjoyable and do the job best for me? So this can be a shoe that has a plate, it could be a shoe that doesn't have a plate, what's the shoe that you pick for workouts? Matt, do you want to go first?
0: Yeah, a little back and forth on this, but my pick for performance trainer is the Puma Deviate Nitro 2, which is a big shock after trying the first one, because the first one, I'm going to say it, was terrible. The fit was off. It didn't feel good. (laughs) I didn't want to do anything in it. And I was like, "Ah, I'm sending this to Bach. I don't like this. He liked it. So for (laughs) me... It is got it's it's the training version of the Deviate Elite where it's got a car it's got a carbon plate in here. This version now has almost full length uh nitro elite foam in it, so it's got that bounce in there. 9.1 ounces for men's size 9, 38 millimeters in the heel, 30 in the forefoot for four or thirty, I think. Did I just do that wrong? Is it six, eight millimeter drop? I I'm sorry, I can't remember. Somewhere in that realm, there's a lot of foam underfoot. It's like a six to eight millimeter drop, depending on who you read. Um it's really great. The plate did take some time to 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 break in. It. I had a little bit of forefoot pain the first couple of miles. Then when it started to break in a little bit, I had a great time doing using this for longer threshold runs up to like eight miles, ten miles. i had done a lot of fartleks, tempo runs, intervals. It's worked really well for all those. When I don't want something that's super light, and I would just want a little bit more. I guess security is the right word just because I was really impressed that despite how light the upper is, the power tape works really well to lock your foot in. And each time I'm like, is that little piece of thing just helping hold my foot? And I found it was great. Little bit more snug fit, which actually worked very, very well for me to keep it secure. And just a shoe that I didn't expect to, but then all of a sudden when I wanted a workout shoe that I didn't want to use a super shoe for... I just kept grabbing this, and I think that's
1: what exactly what it's for. Yeah. And just to confirm, I just looked it up. We are at 6 millimeter drop for this shoe. Got it. Yeah. So 38, 32? We didn't have stack heights, but I 6 I didn't have stack heights. Yeah. It's all good. David, what do you got for a performance trainer?
2: Yeah. So it's it's always a tough one in this category because there's so many fun shoes and there's so many different kind of workouts you know, whether you're hitting track repeats, whether you're doing hill repeats or doing a 10 mile tempo run, you know, like those are very, very different things. Um, But when I look at it, I try to look at it from the versatility of the shoe and is the shoe comfortable? Is it light for me? I like it to be a little bit more on the nimble side. Um, I want to be able to kind of pick my steps and do what I want in those shoes. And if I need to change gears, I should be able to and there it is i got so many shoes next to me it's like (laughs) i look to my left and i'm like where is it um i went with the new balance rebel 3 and this wasn't the rebel 2 wasn't my performance shoe of the year last year um it was in the mix i remember it being in the top three but it wasn't one that i was like "Ah, it's nice but it's like "Yeah, it's whatever but with the rebel 3 i feel like it just locked down a little bit better i do believe they changed up the fuel cell a tiny bit as well right um i think they at least added a little bit they added a little bit yeah and then the outsole pattern changed uh, a little bit more grippy um and yeah it just works really well on the road for me um i wish it did a little bit better on the track for me i'll be honest the shoes that i like on the track unfortunately one of them i can't talk about and the other one is (laughs) yeah always there's always one that I can't talk about but it's I mean if it was released it would be my it'd be my track workout shoe of the year easily um but that one can't talk about um the other one (laughs) would be like the Skechers Razor I like like firmer lower to the ground like just give me a natural ride that I can trust when I'm on the track not the four though but the three
1: Oh, the 3. The Razor three. 3.
2: Yeah, the original, the 3 and the 3 Cloak and the and the Plus, you know, like those ones all work really well for me. The 4 is a little bit higher up. I don't quite like it quite as much on the track. Um, so, unfortunately, my performance trainer for this year doesn't really include track as a disclosure um, for what I'm going to say. But the Rebel works really well for me on the road. It's nimble. The fuel cell soft enough to where I still feel cushioned on the road. It's got pretty good flexibility. You know, it's not a, a pretty good. It's It's flexible. Like, um, I feel natural. I feel like I can do my own stride in it and I can slow down. I can pick it up. I can do everything I need to. And it's funny cause like the other week I was saying, <laughs> I really wish there was a performance trainer with nitro elite in it. And there is, I just don't have it. So <laughs> I'd be curious to see <laughs> how that would go. <laughs> I do think I would like that shoe a lot but um rebel 3 it just ticks those boxes for me it's 7.4 ounces so it's a competitive weight as well to the racing category i don't have the stack height on me i know it's a six millimeter drop i just don't know um what the heel and the forefoot are but it's got enough you know it's not so high up that you feel like you're like way off the ground and you're balancing but you're you feel low enough that you're connected but you don't feel so low that you're jamming your foot into the ground So balanced ride, lightweight, something I can trust that I can really lean into. If I'm a little bit higher up, I think a shoe that has gotten a good amount of praise this year, and it's a little bit surprising. It's a company that people wouldn't really associate with this category. It's the Topo Spectre. And the Topo Spectre has that p bax kind of like inner lining, and then it's got that EVA encapsulation around it. A little bit more of an aggressive geometry as far as the rocker goes. Still balanced though. It's not so sharp up front like a lot of these other performance shoes are. So that toe spring is still pretty gradual and you have a little bit of natural stiffness just from the amount of foam in there. There's no plate in this shoe It locks down really well. Um, you kind of have that traditional topo fit where it's kind of more narrow in the midfoot and kind of just snug heel midfoot, but wide toe box. And it just works. Like it's a shoe that I think it's like right around that 35 ish stack height. And so if I'm doing like long runs, very rhythmic type efforts, it's lightweight too. Like it's a shoe that I'll put on for those like longer efforts um, one that I'm sure we'll talk about endorphin speed three is another solid option there. The upper kind of crinkled my foot a little bit. So it missed the list. However, the new run shield one is chef's kiss. I, I actually like that. That cleaned up the things I wanted in the regular version that I was like, Oh, uh, endorphin speed three, it's good. But like, Oh, I just, I just not quite the shoe for me, but the endorphin speed three run shield gets a special nod, but I don't have, I only have like 20 something miles on it. So, um, yeah, it's hard to tell. I hasn't I haven't done too much we just got these like within the last couple weeks. so um, but that's a special little nod there, but I gotta go with the rebel three and the topo Specter for my performance trainers.
1: Those are good picks. those are really good picks. Um, I actually it, my my pick switched this week. um I had had the Trinusa as my performance trainer pick, which I did talk about in our previous episode for stable neutral as well. But kind of what you were mentioning, David, is the kind of shoe that you feel super connected to the ground and it's rhythmic enough and it has just enough, you know, stiffness in the forefoot, And enough of a rocker, you can just turn over really quickly in this, and just feel like you're putting in good work in the shoe. Like you're doing a good work when you have this shoe on. Is what it feels like. But I took an extra run. Like I said, I was going back through said previous episode. I'm going back through the shoes that I have been picking or have had honorable mention, just to kind of rehash what it feels like. And I took out the Endorphin Speed Three for what ended up being a 10 mile tempo run. Um, This is the Run Shield version, but both versions felt pretty similar to me. I agree with you though, David. I love this upper more i think it has just the right amount of volume in the forefoot but locks down extremely well through the midfoot and the heel this is this these uppers are fantastic um and you you just said it wasn't that hot in california for you and it was like no. 70s that's that's yeah. pretty cool i know for me it's awesome for the winter like i wore my thin socks and it was 11 degrees without wind chill uh, on the 10 mile tempo that i did this past weekend Aka yesterday. Um, <laughs> so this is yesterday. It was like 11 degrees and probably wind chill of like zero or negative one or something like that. And my feet were my feet were fine. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, I just think. I had a hard time with version one and version two of the endorphin speed because of the heel and having it be a little bit more narrow. The PVAX plate was not stiff enough to create a lot of stability for me. I was really rocky through my heel and I would get a lot of TBLS posterior soreness um, and squeakiness after running in the first two versions and I would get, I would just get some pain. So I couldn't appreciate what was kind of a fan favorite shoe. Now with the changes that they've made with the three, we're over. It's it's a bit... You know, that one was a very fast shoe. It was built fast. It was narrow and it was speedy. This is a little bit more um, broadened and I think suits a little bit more, paces a little bit more differently and isn't quite as quick feeling and quick turnover. It's a little bit wider through the midfoot and through the heel. But then what they did with the plate, you can't see it as well in here, but they, they spanned this p plate through the full width of the midfoot. So you get a little bit more structure and and rigidity through the midfoot. So it feels way less wobbly because of the, the total width of the heel as well as that plate that they just widened out of it. So it's still bouncy, it's still really light. I mean this thing is what how heavy is the speed three? Eight ounces, eight point one ounces in a men's size nine. It's got a lot of stacking, 30-36 millimeters in the heel. It's just, a, it's just a great shoe to be able to turn over in. I've done, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of miles in on the Speed 3 and now the Speed 3 Run Shield. And I just think it's a great shoe to go fast in, um, especially for me, like those longer, harder efforts. That's where I think it shines less so for, you know, if I'm doing, you know, 200s or 400s, it's not as awesome for that. It still works great. I mean, I like get, but I prefer it most for longer tempo efforts. You just get so rhythmic with it and it gives you just the right amount of bounce. Okay. Oh, the one thing I wanted to say, Matt, about the Deviate, I don't remember if you said this, it has full length with the uh, Nitro Elite foam, but that's only, it's a dual density. So it's only a thin amount on the, on the top. So you get that softer feel and a little bit of bounce, but most of it is the Nitro foam. Yep. So I think that's, that's worth saying. Okay. Let's get into the fun stuff. So we are going to be talking about two different categories for racing shoes, uh, we're going to split it into short distance, which we're kind of defining as the 10K and down. And then we're going to talk about long distance, which we'll kind of talk in half marathon up. You could argue that short distance could be 13 down and then just the marathon and above. Um, so kind of play with it as you will in terms of Like you, listener, like kind of how you're thinking about this. If you think about it differently based on what's short and long for you, but we're kind of going the 10k down, half marathon up uh, in our categories for this. So I'm excited to hear from y'all on what you think. There's been a lot of racing shoes that have been put out this year. I think there's the revamps for the companies have been not just upper updates most of the time, but a lot of times it's total overhauls of these shoes or new offerings. So excited to hear what y'all think. David, let's start off with you on the short distance what would be your pick and why
2: yeah so short distance i'm thinking 5k 10k road mile if you had to um light snappy little bit firmer ride i don't like a whole lot of soft pillowy cushion underneath me if i'm trying to go fast fast you know um so for those that know that i like the alpha fly alpha fly 2 gained a little bit of weight in the second version and the drop came down, and the shoe just the, the overall profile of it not quite as aggressive. And it's not something that I like running fast, fast in. So, Alpha Fly is not my pick for the, <laughs> <laughs> for the short distance. Uh, for this year, oh, of course, it's got to be like a full arm width away. Hold on.
1: You got this. Oh, there we go.
2: Okay. I'm going A6 Metaspeed Edge Plus couple reasons why. So turbo foam has always been a little bit firmer to me. It has a little bit more resilience. It still has a balance. It's still a new generation. Midsole has the carbon fiber plate. Geometry is still kind of forgiving in this one too. I mean, we're looking at 40 in the, in the heel 32 in the forefoot, right? Eight millimeter stack, I believe. I mean, eight millimeter drop. Yeah.
1: 39, 31,
2: 39, 31, 39, 31. Okay. Still close. Um, more balanced geometry nothing super crazy going on here. You know, gently beveled in the heel. Toe springs a little bit sharp up front, but at the very end, it's not like, it's still pretty balanced throughout. So you just kind of always feel like you're a little bit forward. And one thing I've noticed in this shoe, and you could probably even see it if you're a listener, it's dirty. I can take this off of the road. And so it's one of the few racing shoes that I can actually take on a dirt workout. Like, I'm not talking like technical trails or anything, but like, if you're doing like a little bit of California cross country or things like that, like a Mount Sac type course or, um, yeah, if if it's runnable terrain, like you can do it. The traction's pretty good. So if I'm going 10 K and down, like including cross country races, assuming it's not like sloppy, rainy, muddy, like, you know, I mean, everyone's got a different definition of cross country. I'm from California. So things are tend to be a little bit more runnable out here, but, um, this would be my choice. It's, it's versatile. It can go quick. I feel grounded. I feel connected. I feel, I don't know. I feel like I can trust the shoe at pretty much any pace I want to do it at. And that includes the track as well. So very versatile shoe. There is one shoe that got an honorable mention in this one for me as well. Also in arms with the weight real quick, Puma fast R. um, Puma fast R just a fun shoe, man. Like it's EVA is a little bit firmer up in the heel here transitions you really quick you can see how sharp that bevel is just drops you onto that forefoot kind of extends from like the eh, midfoot-ish kind of all the way through the forefoot and that's that nitro elite soft bouncy p-backs um infused nitrogen infused p-backs right there up front and the i mean it's just got some bounce so you're just like always forward and it's a really fun shoe to run like a road 5k 10k in. so both awesome options cool matt what about you what's your pick
0: by a landslide, I gotta give it to the Saucony Endorphin Pro Three, and that's for multiple reasons. I think the biggest thing is this shoe was completely redone. I I enjoyed the first two versions; um, they were solid, but it just it was missing that last little piece, right? A piece that made it kind of inherently a little more stable, more snappy, really elevating it to that super shoe level. And all the changes that happened with this shoe definitely did that and it blew for me everything else out of the water so big things is even though supposedly this is still power on pb it feels very different than the previous version there is a little bit more stack height so it's if i get that um 39.5 in the heel, 31 and a half in the forefoot, so eight millimeter drop, eight millimeter just like last time. Little more stack cut underfoot, very well designed bevel still, and I think the heel got a lot bevel lot bevel, a lot better. <laughs> Upper is super light still. It's a little more snug than the last version, so it fits a little more secure. But what my favorite things were was that there are now sidewalls here on both the medial and lateral side. They did that really well. And then they filled in the midfoot while using some geometry to still keep weight low, which this thing is 7.2 ounces. They almost dropped, they dropped like 0.6 no, 0.3 ounces off this. And it feels super light underfoot. I can turn over really well. When I first put this on, this felt kind of, it This felt more intense than my first experience with the Vaporfly. I was like, whoa. It's like this bounces. It moves very well. As I almost have 100 miles on this, it's broken really nicely. I've also found I can, you know, warm up, cool down. It's great. But for 5K, 10K, half marathon, this is going to be my go-to. This is what I'm going to grab because I want to feel confident. I want to feel just a teeny bit of soft. Guidance here, so I don't have to worry about that. It might not be enough for a lot of people, but for me, it it did great.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things we we mentioned this in the previous episode, but uh, we partnered with Saucony on the their Tempest project, and um, when we were out there, we were talking to them about this shoe, and they said they didn't change the formula for the for yeah, the for Power them. Run PB. They, you know, we talked to their materials person uh, andrew paulson she said they didn't change it um so unless that changed since we were with them which was close to the release of this shoe um it's 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 what it it's what it has been it's just how it's packaged in terms of the stack height and the geometry that made it feel a lot different so maybe just a couple more millimeters uh made it different so it's, i think that's pretty cool i think we didn't mention the the weight for the metaspeed edge which is 7.4 ounces so oh, yes um, i forgot those to are, mention that Those two are pretty comparable in terms of weight. You got seven point four and seven point two. I'm I'm personally a big fan of the pink that they've rolled out their Endorphin Pro line in. I think it's just super sharp looking shoe. And then the upper was kind of the inspired by the change they did with the Endorphin Pro Plus. So they, they took that upper, which is super light, track spike-like, and just threw it on there. I think it does a great job too. Um, okay, so I, this is my full disclosure. My answer for this whole thing is is like a, I don't know. It's a hypothetical situation. I've mentioned in the previous episode, I've had some injury stuff. So my racing this year has, I haven't been racing. I've just been trying to be healthy and be running. So I haven't thought much about running, racing, not running, but racing a 5k, 10k half marathon. Um, I did, I did run one half marathon this year in the topo specter, but I didn't race it. I was just, just getting the distance in. Um, but I did. So this is a hypothetical. If I were to go race a 5k this weekend, what would I choose? And you know, the shoe that I actually have the most experience running fast in this year is a shoe that just dropped at a very limited uh, amount, and it is the Puma Nitro Elite 2. And I ran a, a two-mile pickup with the high school team. I ended up running it in a, like, 557 average pace between the two miles, and I, I think I negative split it, So, which is surprising because I wasn't, you know, working out a lot. But I really liked the first Nitro uh, Elite. Which I actually if I if that shoe was created this year, that would still be my pick for short distance. I love how that shoe feels. You feel super grounded, but it's soft and it's got some flexibility through the forefoot. I actually love the plate design in that shoe. There's a lot, which it's all different in this one. They they went from that kind of bifurcated plate in the first version. Now this is a full length plate in the new version um, with without that split. So it's a little bit more rigid up front. It doesn't have that same flexibility, but it still has a lot of the same character where that it's softer foam, but you don't feel like you're just floating, excuse me, all over the place. And I do think that the upper is improved over the first version. Um, so this would be my pick, but take it with great assault salt because I haven't had a ton of experience. It's just the hypothetical. If, if I had to go race a short distance race, I would, I would throw this guy on. Um, and I just like how it's a, it's more of a stable platform than on some of these other aggressive shoes. So Matt, you got a weird face on what's the face. I,
0: I would say based on your pace during that two mile effort, that sounds like a two mile
1: race. So for, that's true. So, I mean, I went right. all out. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, therefore, Therefore. Um, Oh, I should say, you know, we don't know for sure on this stuff yet because it's still pretty new shoe. 36 millimeters, 28, uh, but it might be a six millimeter drop, but it's such a light shoe. The first version was super light too. It's 6.7 ounces. So it's, it's a super light shoe, 200 bucks. um, So it's in that premium price category, but it's a fun shoe to run in. I really like Nitro Elite Foam. So it's a, it's a winner for me. Let's go up to the long distance, the marathon and above. Uh, what are what are y'all thinking about for shoes that came out this year? What's your pick and and why, Matt? Let's start with you for this one.
0: Yeah, my my poor Audios Pro threes, I ran into the ground, so I just recycled them today at a local running store. But so if I had to go run a marathon tomorrow, it would be in the Audios Pro three. And so the update was a little controversial to me because I really enjoyed the Audios Pro 2. It was definitely a shoe that I use from everything from 5K. I use it up to a half marathon distance. I haven't done any marathons recently, but I've done a lot of longer efforts. And while I liked the Audios Pro 2, the more I used it, the more I was like, this is a great like shorter distance, but I don't think I could handle it because of its lateral bias going up to a marathon. Whereas the changes they made with the Audios Pro 3 Really fixed that, but still kept it as a st- what I would call like inherently stable racing shoe. Where it's the um light strike pro isn't the softest, the rods make it really stiff. But now the sole is flared out on both sides, so it just got this nice, inherently stable ride to it for a racing shoe. It is lighter. It didn't feel lighter. It actually felt a little bit more substantial because it feels like the mass is heavier or like bigger, but they use some geometry to drop the weight. So 7.6 ounces for men's size, nine, 39 and a half, 33 millimeters in the heel and four foot for a six and a half millimeter drop. So a tiny bit more stack height from what I remember. It's, it's just one of the shoes. Once it broke in, yeah, the rods make it stiff, but I could handle doing long runs in that shoe without a problem. And it's one of those things like I could pick the pace up. It was perfect for longer threshold efforts, marathon pace runs, a little bit in the tempos. I I can't run fast in it. I can't do intervals. I can't do faster tempos in it just for whatever reason. But I can can go all day in that shoe. So for me, if I was gonna do a marathon tomorrow and I wasn't totally prepped, the Adios Pro 3 would be my long distance racing shoe of choice for this year.
1: So I got a question for you. I mean, you obviously loved the uh, Endorphin Pro 3, would, yes. would that be in consideration too? Like, did you did you just pick yes. the Audios Pro Three because it was a you just wanted to differentiate them, or would it, would the other one ever use? Like, would you ever just usurp it and say, actually, I would just use Endorphin Pro Three for everything?
0: Yeah, no, that's actually true. So I honestly, I'm not just choosing. The endorphin pro th- I mean I to be honest, if I was trained for the marathon, Endorphin Pro 3, hands down. It is like pretty much my racing, it is my racing shoe of the year. Yeah. Uh, which I'm probably not supposed to say right, right now, but that's okay. But the mm, Adios Pro 3, weird. it <laughs> I think if I wasn't ready and I wanted something that I could trust over that super long distance, because the Endorphin Pro 3, it's it's an aggressive, soft shoe. It's bouncy. You gotta you gotta be able to control it. I'm not sure at the moment. I would have the mechanics to control that up to a marathon. Definitely a half, I would have to see up to a full. Um, but for the Audios Pro 3, I just have a little bit more trust because I was able to use it for a little bit more long-run stuff and come away really comfortable.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great answer. I was just curious. So if you were if you were in shape and actually trained, you'd probably go with the Endorphin Pro 3 because I, it's hands phenomenal. Hands down. With, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't
0: even second-guess that. It'd be the Endorphin Pro 3 if I was trained. But the Audios Pro 3 is kind of like my safe shoe that i think a lot of people are going to do well in if they're like i don't want the most aggressive shoe even though it's being worn on the feet of some of the fastest people right. <laughs> in like the marathon right now it's it's not in my mind as a it's not as versatile into the faster stuff but also i think because of that is a little bit more trustworthy over longer stuff
1: cool well david what about you what do you got for this one
2: yeah, so it's a little bit of an interesting pick this year because, I mean, with all these new generation shoes that are coming out, I feel like the weight just kind of keeps coming up. And I think that 7-ounce mark is kind of the sweet spot, but there's a shoe that's still just kind of deep in my heart, you know. And, uh, the Alpha <laughs> Fly, man. Like, it, they, basically the what they did in the 2, the Alpha Fly 2 for this year – And my reasons for that specifically, um, they did make a couple of changes to this shoe that I think do make it favorable to these long distances. Now, the shoe was already a little on the heavier side. It was like 8.0 ounces, I think. Last time, I think it's 8.4 now. So, I mean, like, it's getting up there, you know, where it's kind of like this is is starting to get a little heavy. And so even for the half marathon, I was still a little bit like I kind of wished it would be a little bit lighter over the last 5K when I start fatiguing a little bit. And it's like, oh, I just needed a little bit of help to just lift my heel you know, and keep turning over hard. But for the marathon, when you don't need to go quite as fast and you're just going rhythmic and you just want to show you can trust, they basically, what they did was they focused on stability. So they widened it out a little bit. They basically added a little bit. They made the drop more forgiving because it was a four millimeter drop before. Now it's an eight millimeter drop. Um, 40, 32, uh, for the stack heights there, 40 in the heel, 32 in the forefoot. They made the upper a little bit more secure. They increased the sidewalls through the medial part here and through the lateral part. So you get a little bit more of that kind of guidance feel. That encroachment that I used to get in the first version, I don't have that at all in the second version. Everything was kind of cleaned up. Those transitions are smoother, but the shoe's heavier and it doesn't feel as fast. So it's one of those shoes where it's like, I'm going to settle into rhythm. I'm just going to stay there and I'm going to ride this out as long as I can type of shoe versus I'm going to go run fast you know what i mean like granted Elliot kipchoge just ran a world record like what am i going to say like the guy just ran 437 pace like for however for 26.2 miles <laughs> um, i i can't run 437 pace in this shoe very comfortably i can do it i just it doesn't feel that great like i'd rather go run like 510 to 525 for me that would be like a controlled long distance type Um, effort. And I did do a half marathon in this and I averaged, I think like 516, 517. So that's kind of like right where that falls in line for me. Um, I would say like I have two other shoes that I'm going to add on just real quick. Other honorable mention, Metaspeed Edge Plus. Again, shoe that works well, cushioned enough. It's got enough protection underfoot, rolls well, rhythmic rhythmic with my stride. I can trust it. I've taken the shoe past 20 miles multiple times. It was a very close nod, almost for what I was going to run CIM in. Um, I ended up changing my mind at the last second. Unfortunately, or not really the last second. I gave myself like a full month. Um, But uh, for those that don't know, if you're watching this, I didn't run CIM. That's why I'm here recording this. Um, Unfortunately, I got COVID a few days ago, so I had to pull out of the race. Um, With that said, anyways, uh, Metaspeed Edge Plus, very good shoe. Um, One that we haven't talked about that... I just want to give a shout out. like it, it it's just a fun shoe. the XTEP 160. <laughs> oh 3. Yeah. My goodness, like the toe off on that shoe is so fun. It's one of the closest shoes that I've felt to an Alpha fly and I mean that genuinely, like I'm being very honest here. The shoe's fun to run in and it's a little bit heavier. It's 8.6 ounces. It's like one of those ones that I'd like I don't think I'm actually gonna race in this. But as a training companion for me, like it's actually worked pretty well. And I've done several solid workouts in this shoe. Just a very, very fun shoe to run in. But um, what I was going to run CIM in actually wasn't released this year. So it was released last year. Um, it was a shoe we talked a lot about uh, last year. And it was the Puma Deviate Nitro Elite. And so, again, I talked about a shoe you can trust, something that you've taken the distance multiple times. I've taken it beyond 20 miles many times. And I almost picked it last year and I didn't end up going with it. And I think it was the shoe that I should have run in last year, just based on the trust, mechanics, type of course, terrain, things like that. And I decided to run in it this year. Unfortunately, it didn't actually get to run it. So um, that's that. But yeah, those are my long distance choices there. So um, Alpha Fly 2, uh, A6 Metaspeed Edge Plus. I think the uh, Endorphin Pro 3 would get a nod. I think it's the same thing that I was feeling before. I just got to train up to it a little bit. It's just the the higher stack, a little bit softer power and PB in this one compared to the old one. I feel like I just needed to adjust my stride and just tr- literally train up to the shoe. Um, but it's still an awesome shoe that I could easily see someone ripping a marathon cool. in.
1: Well, again, my, my picks again are a little bit hypothetical, but it's based off of my you know previous experiences, what I've liked in mar- my marathon shoes in the past. My most recent marathon I ran in the Endorphin Pro Two, which I loved. I I have no complaints. I would do that again. I just I, I find that shoe to be very rhythmic and not super aggressive, and because I'm running, you know, I ran a 330, just under 330 for my last marathon, so I'm not pushing hard. I'm just trying to get in rhythm, and feel protected, and having something that just works really well with my mechanics. In that vein, for shoes that came out this year, there's two of them that I would pick. Neither of them are super shoes as defined um, by price point (laughs) (laughs) or with, you know, carbon fiber plate with a P-backs, uh, midsole and the rocker geometry, you know, but also neither. Well, one of them, I guess is the, I, I should scrap everything I said. One of them is super expensive, but it doesn't have a plate in it. Um, so the, the two shoes, and I'm going to say them both kind of together. Um, the first one is the, is the super blast, um, Again, we've picked that shoe a lot, which is kind of annoying me that we've picked it so much. I don't know why it's irking me, but I th- I, I, just really, for a shoe that I want to run a marathon, I want Rhythm, and that has a pretty stable platform with the sidewalls and the, and the base and the rocker. It's just the right amount for me, and I feel like I would like it at 22 miles, just as much as I like it at mile one. The other one that... I've mentioned already today is the Endorphin Speed 3. I think that the wider plate and the less aggressive, uh, or yeah, the wider plate and then the fact that it has some flexibility and a nice rocker to it, I think that those two shoes, and I would probably even nod a little bit towards the Endorphin Speed 3 a little bit um, just after what my run was like yesterday. Recency bias, I fully say that is true just because I had a great run in it yesterday. I think I would trust those two shoes more than something like the Endorphin Pro 3 um, that that would just it just requires a little bit more of you to be a little bit more ready. Um, I could see that potentially being something for shorter distance, but it's funny the two shoes y'all mentioned um, make me I didn't run in either of those this year. I didn't have either of those sent over my way. So like the Endorphin or the Audios Pro 3, Matt, you talking about kind of what boxes it checks for you. That sounds similar to the kind of the way that I approach that shoe type and that selection, so I'd be curious to try that one at some point. Um and same with the changes that they made to the Alpha Fly too. Alright. Those are some fun categories. But we're gonna wrap up with some questions on a on a broader scale. The first one is just an interesting category. This is not to slam shoes or slam companies, but it's shoes that surprised us in a not so good way what she was kind of a disappointment for us and i'll i'll start uh for this one for me just because i know what i want to say off the top of my head i should have grabbed it it's too far away i'm not going to grab it but it was the mizuno wave rider 26 i have been a wave rider fan forever i ran my first marathon in a wave rider um and I've, i've enjoyed them and what they do and what a lot of companies do is two years in a row there won't be big updates You'll kind of just get an upper refinement and maybe some small things to to the shoe, but usually it's year one is like this overhaul. Year two is this upper update, refining the fit. Year three is again a new overhaul to the to the shoe. Um, and this was one of those years for an overhaul. And I think with the direction from the rider twenty three to twenty four was when it, they introduced energy, came a little bit softer. I think I was I had really high expectations for the 26. I think I wanted something that felt a little bit more plush. Um, but I felt like it kind of went back the other way where it was a little bit firm and it just didn't roll as well. I couldn't pick up the pace. Um, it's not a, not a terrible shoe. It's still a rider. Like it still feels like a rider. Um, but it was disappointing because I thought it was going to take like one step towards a little bit more of a cushioned ride. Um, and, and just operate a little bit off of a flexible rocker, whereas it, it just didn't feel that way for me. And I couldn't just get on with it like I have in previous iterations. So there's my disappointing shoe of the year. Um, even though it's a fine shoe, it's a, it's going to be a workhorse trainer. It's going to be as durable as it's ever been. Um, it just didn't live up to the internal hype that I had in my head. Um, do either of y'all have a pick for disappointing shoe of the year? Matt, why don't you go?
0: This is going to be a little controversial. Um, It's only because I loved the previous version of this shoe so much. And I can appreciate, you know, I've seen Dustin Juber do some like economical studies. And apparently the economy was just as good, which is interesting to me. Um, But that's just one factor, especially when it comes to comfort. And my Asics, I believe in you. I loved the Metaspeed Edge Plus, I feel like. So I'm just going to start with what I loved the sky the original from last year was oh, phenomenal yeah, it's my favorite yeah. shoe I used it during trail runs I used it during a 5K I ran some awesome stuff in this shoe it was great it's a little lower drop than I might have liked but it was great the it's true super shoe the Edge plus kind of replaced that where that felt more similar than the other shoe I'm going to talk about where this this did really well again very close to being one of my top shoes of the year. David really dived into this very very well so I won't go anymore but it really kind of had a little bit more of what I was looking for from previous versions neither one of the plus series was that bouncy or that kind of responsive as as the sky original but my work has to be done Award is for the sky plus I just didn't it didn't have the magic that I found in the first one and I really hoped it was going to break in because the first one took a couple miles to break in and then I was like, "Whoa." And then at last I've had two pairs last over 100 miles. This one it didn't it rubbed me the wrong way. It just didn't have the bounce I was looking for. It felt a little bit too stiff. It was not a shoe that I enjoyed going out and running in, but I got the miles in durability still pretty solid i think the people who are gonna like this shoe though is people that that maybe have mechanics that drive them out a little bit because there's a lot of sole flare out laterally there's some sidewall action laterally you might like that or somebody that's more of a forefoot striker i you know i tried getting up my toes i i got maybe a little bit of that feeling but for me this is one of the more i don't want to say disappointing because that's mean it is disappointing. It's, 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 I, I yeah, would have hoped for more. That's fine. I would have hoped. I, I get Asics give back the original feel of the flight foam turbo. I think we got a good amount of it in the in the Asics Super Blast. What I felt in the original Sky, bring that back with this geometry, and I I might be interested. But I think this there needs to be a little bit more work done here. I'm sure it's going to work well for a lot of people. It just didn't work for me.
2: Just a quick question: Did it feel clunky to you? It didn't necessarily
0: feel clunky. It just didn't have any of the bounce and the feel that I got from the first version.
2: I agree. Yeah, No Metaspeed Sky Plus was a tough one for me this year, and I and I actually was I was really excited for it because the four millimeter drop in the thirty nine thirty five, it was basically like the Alpha Fly geometry. You know, like that's what like I I kind of built up this like Alpha Fly esque like vision in my head. And then I got it and I was like, I'm having a hard time towing off. Like I literally just like, didn't, I, I, it just didn't feel right. Like I felt like I was breaking and I wasn't transitioning well coming off the forefoot. Um, so I guess that could like somewhat be included in my disappointing, but, but actually if I did have to pick two, the Metaspeed Sky Plus would be one and the other one would actually be the Audios Pro 3. And honestly, it's not really, I liked the ride of the Audios Pro 3. Like, I just couldn't run more than a mile in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like however, the upper... Well, you was didn't const- like to ride
0: that much. No, I'm just kidding.
2: The The upper construction of it, however, it wrapped around my foot and my heel and like along like, kind of like, not the, per- really, I guess it is the peroneal sheet there, coming down by the fifth met head in English, like your little toe, kind of like on the very, very beginning, like of where the bone begins to extend out, not quite the toe, but coming further up closer to the midfoot. Um, I would get good amount of pain running in that shoe. And it happened every single time I ran in it. And I decided to just kind of be like, okay, you know what? Like, let me see if I can just ride this out and see if this, if this shoe will work. And I took it out for a workout and I literally dropped out of the workout, like, uh, maybe not even a quarter of the way in. I was like, I, I can't step on my foot. Like it hurts. And it was the way that it was wrapping and there's like a little, um, I don't have the shoe anymore. Um, but if you, do you have it on you? There's, uh,
0: I do not. Oh, you did. My yeah. You just recycled it, with...
2: it. Yeah. If you look at the yeah. way the upper is constructed, there's like, um, almost like a little plastic kind of like lining, almost like a external heel counter, but it's not a counter. It's just like a little bit of a thickening on the mesh that comes out and extends, further in, um, down into the midfoot on the lateral side. And right where that little stitching is, there's like a little diagonal cross there. That's where it would just like murder my foot. And so (laughs) I couldn't, I just couldn't run in it. Like, and I was so excited for it. Like, I just remember being like, so like deeply to my bones, like let down where I was like, dang it. Like, this was like the shoe that I was expecting to race my marathon in this year, you know, that I was like, I'm so excited for this shoe. And it just, it was a heartbreak. The disappointing
1: so. shoe isn't necessarily the worst shoe. It's the one that we had our hopes up for the most that just let us down. You know what I mean? So yeah. And it like, still I still be a liked good the shoe. shoe.
2: Like when I did my strides and things in it, like the actual ride and the composition of the shoe and how it transitioned, like it was a really fun shoe. It just hurt. Like it was just one of those things. <laughs> like I just couldn't wear it, you know. And so like that was probably the saddest part about it. Is like I did like the ride. And it had like the components that like oh I could actually use this and this is something that I would genuinely enjoy, but my foot just hurt every time I put it on, so I couldn't Bomber. couldn't run in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Next we're gonna we're gonna just flip this script script. We're going to flip the script a little bit and we're going to talk about what brand. So yes, DJ, now we're talking about brand. What brand do we think showed out this year? Which one did the best and created the the best new um, shoes across the board? Uh, do you mind if I start with one? We can all pick the same one over time, but I, I was between two. I was between Saucony and Asics this year. But I think as I've thought about it, Yeah, as we've continued to talk about it, I think Saucony is my my pick. I think that just seeing the performance from kind of top to bottom of their line this year, I think they've done a fantastic job from the refinements to the Endorphin line. So you have a huge. This is their update year, right? So they have a really nice update to the the Pro Three. Um, you have a really nice update that democratizes the speed three and made it runnable for a population that couldn't run it before from a perspective of heel stability. You have the Tempest, which I think was was one of those shoes that did change options for runners who have stability needs within their running shoes. Um, And then you just have all of their classic trainers. I think, I didn't even mention this in the last time, my true runner-up for daily trainer of the year was the Saucony Ride 15. So that was another big update to a shoe where they kind of really changed the ride geometry. So I think that they just they just had a great lineup. You look at their trail line. We talked about the Exodus Ultra. We talked about the Endorphin Edge. From top to bottom, I think Saucony didn't have any duds, and that's I feel like that's a big deal. And they also had some shoes that just are at the top of the top of the list for for a lot of people, for both people who are reviewing and just people out running and using shoes. So I just think they had a great the great year. A six being the other one that a, a lot of their shoes worked for me, like the Nova Blast and. The trinusa and the Super Blast, like a lot of that stuff, worked for me. But what what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, so um, I've got three in mind. Um, I've got Saucony and Asics, but the one that I think that um, probably isn't talked about enough is On. And I think On is starting to push the envelope a little bit on what their development looks like and what their shoe offerings are becoming. Um, yeah, for themselves. For themselves, yeah, and not just in the road running world. I mean, you've got the new spike that's going to be coming out. Their athletes are running well in it. They're great athletes, you know, athletes first, not the shoe. But um, from what I've heard, it looks like a pretty solid track spike from the little bit I have seen. And um, same with Cloud Boom Echo 3, that they're starting to play with new materials. They're pushing who they're getting as athletes as well. You know, they got Helen O'Beary, They have that whole on-athletic club going on with... Um, coached by Ritzenhain, and they've got some phenomenal athletes over there. Um, They are, they're really starting to push it. And it not just on the athlete side, but on the shoe side. So like when you have Monster getting developed, you have the Cloud Runner that got updated. Um, I really enjoyed that shoe as well. Cloud Go, a whole new line. Um, They're playing with the plates. They're playing with the foams. It's still, it's still on, you know? So if you dislike on, you're probably not going to be like, oh, okay, it's a whole new rebranding of the company. It's still still in their DNA. But I will say, like the, the materials can change your perception. I know Klein traditionally hasn't always liked on, and some of the offerings this year you have. And so I think they're a company that they're also making a more forgiva- forgivable palette, shall we say, um, for the consumer. And I think they're not getting enough credit. Um, but with that said, Saucony did a phenomenal job with their lineup. I, I agree completely with what you said. And I think a six also made a pretty palatable, um, lineup as well.
0: Yeah. Mine came down to three, obviously. So Saucony new balance and a six, but it really came down to two and Saucony and new balance. Ironically, they're, they're geographically located in a very similar area. And I understand there's a unspoken rivalry between the two of them, just being in that same geographical location, just new balance, uh Danny and team did a great job with shoes like the sc trainer which was really really cool we have not tried the sc elite version 3 yet I'm very excited to try that these two and the rest of the team had to talk me out of trying to buy it in various sites so I, I am still looking at at ebay but I will wait until it gets seated to us I promise um, the Fresh Foam More V4 and a lot of the other trainers and road shoes that they brought out this year are awesome. The 860 version 13, I saw a lot of change to the, that stability shoe. While it's still on the kind of heavier end and traditional stability shoe, they're, they're making changes to a staple stability shoe with sidewall and stuff like that, that I'm really... Really impressed with, but just across the line, I have to give the shout out to Saucony for company of the year. Just between the Endorphin Pro Three blowing me out of the water in terms of the performance of that shoe, really elevating it to to a true shoe, super shoe that will compete with the best. Um, the Saucony Tempest changing what lightweight stability looks like because you know I'm somebody who generally needs a little stability, and we don't have a lot when it comes to lightweight light stability shoes anymore. They're almost Non-existent. You know, we lost the DS Trainer. We've lost all these other shoes. The Saucony Tempest finally fills that void, and it does it very effectively and very and with both comfort, biomechanics, and a lot of paradigms coming together. That was very well executed. And I a couple of those shoes that I didn't expect to like as much. Triumph Twenty, phenomenal shoe. The, the Endorphin Edge, I have loved. It's a great. It's one of those. You know, the first super foam, carbon plated uh trail shoes to come out there's a couple that people have seen but that's one of the first ones that actually uses a super foam the exodus ultra was phenomenal for trail just nathan hit this on the head where every shoe they've come out with has consistently been solid and so i've got to give the nod to them that's i think Saucony for me is that the company of the year for sure
1: i think uh going back to new balance there's a couple other updates that they made in the last year that i think are are just worth mentioning so 880 is always solid the update to the 1080 and the v12 was just really nice with changing the heel and making it really just a, a smooth easy riding you know premium premium trainer they've just done a great job with their foam Foam max is a really nice blend right now and you mentioned the more v4 which was just a fantastic shoe and then what they're pushing the envelope with you know the update to the rebel v3 was a was a solid update didn't do as well for me as the version 2 again that was just a fit issue though for me not so much um, the performance of the shoe. So yeah, New Balance just solid. Uh, that's the thing right now in this landscape. People aren't making a lot of duds. Like that, you know these these companies that have good teams. Their their teams are just really good. They're n- they're not putting things together that don't work. Uh, they've figured out a lot of a lot of things so i I think it's been a fun year and there's a lot of good companies even beyond what we just mentioned so we'd love to hear why you think another company has done really really well so thank you for joining us for you know these past two episodes we have you know covered all the different categories that we could come up with even though there's some merging between them now with the nature of how shoes are made these days it's been a lot of fun to go through this with you all uh thanks for listening